All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have Matt De La Valle, also known as MDV. Now, MDV has been on the show a number of different times. He is our chief fitness officer at NC Fit. He oversees our locations in regards to training and coaching across the organization, and we're fired up to have him on. Today's subject, what we were passionate about and talking about was this idea that simple movements can be super effective. Also, this idea of just being more open-minded when it comes to movements. I think for some of us that have been around the fitness space, specifically CrossFit for a long time, we at times become closed-minded into other movements, movements that could provide a good, valuable you know, tool for our workout. And instead of bashing things, we should be open to them, giving them a shot. And MDV and I just talk about those today, dive in a little bit of the subject and have fun while we're doing it. Something I wanted to let you know is that on my Instagram, I released that we are opening some new locations in Southern California. If you're listening to this, if you're a coach out there, if you're whatnot, if you're interested, please um, shoot us a resume. Go ahead and check that out at nc.fit slash careers. We have some new opportunities coming your way. And um, if you haven't checked out the NC Fit Collective, if you are a gym owner and you're not using our you know session plans, our programming, our tools that we use across all of our organization, I really think you should check it out. And if you've been listening to these podcasts for a while, you've been receiving value, would love to hear your feedback. I hope you all have a great day. Let's dive into an awesome episode with Mr. MDV and keep crushing it out there. Let's go. All right, everybody. So I'm here with MDV and um, we were just talking about this concept of having an open mind and how training is can be looked at in so many different ways. And the other day we received a message from one of our NC fit collective members. And they said, Hey, I had a member tell me that the up down is not a RX CrossFit movement. And I thought that was a really interesting comment to say. And so MDV and I were talking about this concept of where did RX come from? How can you say that an up down is or isn't an RX movement? And the differentiator that an up down is an up down. It's not a, it's not, we're not saying that, oh, the workout should be RX as burpees and a scale is an up down. We're saying that for today, the up down is a cool movement to incorporate for a variety of reasons. And so I think that it stemmed this conversation mm. of not all the time we have to be complex. You can get a great workout from simplicity and that it's okay to try new things. Like, it, look, we've been doing this, this fitness game for well over a decade. Like it's okay to try a um, you know sit through position. It's okay to try and do an up down in a workout. Like it's it's you know what I mean. And, yeah, and I for think, sure. I think for we sure. as a community need to be open minded and start evaluating and trying things. Right. I think you test and you retest. Right. That's the whole thing. So we test putting some of these movements in and we see how they go. Yeah. Right. And we have thousands and thousands of members to give us feedback. So where do you think we're at in the industry right now? Because I think there's a lot going on. And um, yeah, well, well, let's dive into this. The up-down, let's just start there because this is a, it's a real head scratcher for me, right? The up-down, if you don't know what we're talking about, is a kind of similar movement to a burpee. It's a bit of a derivative of the burpee. Instead of going all the way down to the ground and putting your chest and your thighs down like you would in a burpee, 
in the up down what you're doing is from a standing position sprawling back to a plank position and then sprawling back up quickly to a standing position right so in the up down you have a really great supportive position through the upper back and shoulders you have a really great supportive position through the midline and the plank position you've got a really fast cycle time of the movement a much faster cycle time than the burpee and you have a really explosive closing and opening of the hip it's a long range of motion pretty powerful movement right we're also taking that quote-unquote rest on the ground out of the burpee in the up down you can't rest really in up down anywhere unless you're standing on up and you're taking the push out of the burpee right so you can preserve that you don't have to over stimulate or over um, interfere with pressing because right. you're not getting that additional press that you do out of the burpee right it's a great movement. It's a fantastic movement. I love the up-down. I also love the burpee. They're both amazing. I I think that, you know, when you look at this kind of conversation, if you're always saying that more complex is better and that less complex movement don't have any sort of uh, claim to being uh, meaningful, that's like an asinine argument, right? If you were saying that, like, Okay, the overhead squat's the only squat that you can do. The front squat doesn't have merit. The air squat doesn't have merit. It's the movements themselves, simple versus more complex. Yes, they're different, but does that make them any less meaningful? Maybe one's got a little bit more bang for their buck if in a complete vacuum, if you were looking at movement, if you asked me to pick three movements that I could do forever and never touch another movement again, yeah, I'm probably going to pick the clean and jerk. I'm going to pick running and maybe I'll pick the burpee. But you, this, that's fiction. We're not there. We right. can experiment with all these movements, incorporate them into workouts, get different stimulus, different feeling. So this like, hey, that's not an RX movement. That argument, that statement to me is just very close-minded. Yeah. Very close-minded. And I think it's that athlete-focused. And I think as a, as a gym owner, we need to start thinking about what do people want to do? And they want to do movements that get them in great shape. They also want to do movements they feel like they have some form of competency in right and that they could pick up and is there a time to do more complex movements of course but our programming generally shifts a little bit away from super high complexity all the time right and that's where it's gone and because i think that it's a plan i think what we're seeing from the masses is that they want variety they want movements they feel like they could get a good stimulus from and they want to have fun while they're doing it and yeah. I think having fun while you're doing it is a big part of it. And that's one of the reasons why our gyms have been successful and our collective gyms are loving our programming is because we try and make it fun. And the up down for a lot of people is a fun, different movement. But when you have a competitor, they immediately look at it like it's a downgrade. But I think there's a ton of value there. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you were just telling me that you saw what Katrin Davis Davis yeah, doing up downs the other day. I'll tell you why. Cause I think it was like a swim into a, some type of press. Right. And then from the pet press, I imagine what she was thinking is, Hey, I don't want to overburn this press position. So let me do an up down instead of a burpee so I can keep the cycle time better on the press again. I, yeah. I imagine that's what, I mean, I didn't talk to her about it, but I imagine that's what she was thinking. Yeah. I, you know, to wrap up the up down conversation, then to touch on a couple other points, the up down has extreme value. The burpee has extreme value. They both have extreme value. They're just different. It's like you're reaching into your toolbox, and if the only thing you brought to the job site was a sledgehammer, but you can't, and, and you got a little tack that you got to drive into the wall, you're not going to be able to do the job effectively. Like the, you have to be able to experiment with these different movements or use different tools at different times, and gaining that broad exposure is really, really important. And simplicity is okay. You know, think about yeah. like a coffee shop. I was at one yesterday called Buzz something. 
and they had a drink called the greatest drink in the world or something. So I had to try it, of course. And it had vanilla, it was bougie, and it was great. But their cornerstone, what keeps them in business, is just traditional drip coffee. And it's because it's simple, it's effective, and I think that you could have these outliers, right? You could have the snatches in the row. Of course, right? That's fine. But I think that fundamentally, there needs to be a group of simple, effective movements that build up, you know, large majority of our move, our, our workouts so that people feel like they're winning, they're enjoying the experience, and they're, and they're becoming competent at them. Yeah, it's also kind of a fool's endeavor to think that simple is going to be easy, right? Yeah. That, I think that's that's another really common trap for some athletes who maybe reach this point where, you know, they got a bunch of experience and, you know, they start doing things really, really well and they want to continue to just do the more complex things because that their skills are there now. You know, that, that to me is, uh, you know, something where I've been doing this for, I mean, my first workout for CrossFit was 2006, uh, you know, got my level one, 2008. I've never done an easy workout and you've done workouts that are super simple, right? It's all about how hard are you going to push yourself against yourself or the other people you're working out with and the different stimulus that you're chasing. Something might be, uh, you know, a little bit easier for you that day versus something's more difficult based on your strengths and weaknesses. But like you can do an air squat that's just made up of, you know, a hundred air squats for time. It's going to It'll bury, bury yeah. you if you go hard enough. You know, and if you're a gym owner out there listening to this and you have some of your athletes who are always eager to lift more, do more, and they're always eager to be the most complex, right? Instead of just doing muscle-ups, they want to do muscle-up to ring handstand push-up, right? They want to, instead of doing handstand push-ups, they want to do them on parallettes, right? Mm -hmm. And the, I think that this is just my theory. I mean, I've been training this for a very long time. And what I found is that more times than not, if you stick to these fundamentals and you do them really well, they start to elicit a really great response. When you start doing these high complexity, high loads, oftentimes those are the workouts that I actually looked forward to the more because they were easier. Meaning mm. like I'd rather do parallel handstand pushups and handstand pushups because I could take more breaks, right? Or I'd rather snatch X amount of weight than this amount for X reps because I could take more breaks. And I think that at times we need to create this culture where a lot of our members want to lift more, do more, whatever, but actually it's actually making it easier on them. And then the ego gets in the way, et cetera. And I just, I don't know as coaches and owners, I think that we need to foster this relationship that it's okay to go lighter. It's okay to move better. It's okay to not always have these high complexity movements and then sprinkle them in when you're ready. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think a lot of times, you know, we place our own value judgments on movements or workouts or like we'll see something that we go, oh, I don't like that or oh, I don't want to do that. And that doesn't make it any less of an effective workout or maybe even less of a fun workout for somebody else. Like what you have to do is pull back from the equation a little bit. Think about why something might have been programmed. You know, if a good example, we had a workout that was programmed here recently that had up downs kettlebell swings and then two static holds that we right. don't normally see within a single workout we've seen them in either finishers or in isolation other workouts but the reason we chose to test that in a longer amrap with the two static holds the wall sit and also the ring flr front leaning rest or forward leaning rest was that we wanted to test those positions under duress we wanted to get athletes in that longer 
AMRAP style environment where the heart rate's going up, you know, they're going through movements that they can cycle very quickly, like the kettlebell swing, like the up down. And now I want you to put your back against a wall and I want you to hold that seated position for a minute. I want, I want you to tell me what it feels like. I want you to get down on the rings and hold that for a minute after breathing heavy and see what that feels like. And if you're somebody who's like, oh crap, like my hips are slouching down, you know, my upper back is on fire. I can't hold this wall sit. My, my quads are blowing up. You, you're seeing that there might be some holes in your game that you might not have been aware of otherwise, right? Those types of positions or those movements, although really simple, can certainly give you a lot of information about where you're at athletically. Also give you a lot of information and feedback about why you might have some um, deficiencies in other more complex movements, right? So, you know, I... I, and how I, is the feedback on that? Like before the workout was even, so, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, NC fit is open to the public locations. We have corporate wellness locations and we also have, uh, many gyms worldwide that utilize our programs. So we receive feedback mm-hmm. in a variety of ways. How was the feedback before it actually went out? And then after it went out before it went out, it was mixed. I think before it went out, we got a couple of people who looked at it and we're like, sent messages or asked questions. We're like, Hey, we're going to do a workout. That's got two static holds in it and a up down in it. Yeah. You're going to do that. You see how it's going to feel. And I think after the workout, at least the feedback that I've seen from the collective, uh, the Facebook group and the collective, you know, we got a lot of really positive feedback from, uh, members about that workout. We also, and I, you know, I'll be just completely honest with you. There's been some feedback that's been tossed around generating conversation with our, within our own community about the value of workouts like that and whether or not like that workout is difficult enough for some people. And, you know, for me, I, I kind of addressed this earlier. I've never walked into a workout or gone through a workout that was smartly programmed, thought out, had intention behind it. I gave my best effort and I thought that that workout was easy. That's never happened. I, I, I think that, that that's a really tough thing to, to do is to make a workout that's ridiculously, ridiculously easy because you have to really try. Well, actually, I think the way to make the workout ridiculous, ridiculously easy is to make it ridiculously, ridiculously complex. And so then the people have to scale it down so, so much that it changes the whole workout altogether. Yeah. I I agree with you there too. I think there's two ends of the spectrum for ridiculously easy workouts, right? (laughs) Right. Ridiculously easy under program workouts. Like if I gave you uh, three rounds for time, 10 kettlebell swings. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On the other side of the spectrum, if I gave you 10 rounds of 10 squat snatch at 225 and 30 uh, parallel handstand pushups, that workout's also probably going to be easy for people too because they're going to be freaking staring at the bar the whole time or like doing one parallel handstand pushup and kicking down. Yeah. So they're different. They're easy, quote unquote, because they're, uh, at the Di- spectrum. Yeah, at the yeah. spectrum. And we're right? trying to hit right in the middle. And I think when you when you look at the programming that we're trying to put out, you know, it's it's not old school CrossFit. It isn't. No. Like, and not to mention we have a variety of programs, but we don't, uh, you know, our 30, 45, 60, but let's talk about our 60. Mm-hmm. It is it is our most complex version of what we provide, but it's not CrossFit. It's not three on, one off. No. It's not single modality lifting days. We just don't do that. No. And, and it's a practical application of what we've seen over the last decade. Yeah. And what we've seen is that, you know, look, in a perfect world, if you could do three days on, one day off, if you really want to test your skills across a variety of things like an L-sit and this and that, great. But we also need to run a business. 
and the business doesn't shut down three days on and then shut down for a day and then three days on yeah. and shut down for a day. <laughs> and we don't do single modality lifting days. So we've just found that a lot of times people, they're not having fun. Yeah. If they're not having fun, we're not retaining them as well. And look, there could be people out there sitting here and be like, oh, well, you know, they're not having function, not coaching effectively. It was, well, okay, sure. But I still think that before anybody wants to leave our gym, they want to get a little bit sweaty. That's just my theory. And, um, I'm, I'm holding strong to it. You know, the, the reason I really like the way that we program, um, and I might be biased because like you and me and everybody else, we kind of come up with this stuff, but it balances the interests of everybody in the equation, right? It balances all the interests. It balances the interests of the member. It balances the interests of the coach. It balances the interests of the business owner. We are not just programming to make money. We're not just programming to uh, satisfy the business owner with exclusively workouts that we know are going to be crowd favorites every single day, every single time, just absolute sweat fest, grab your double unders, grab your ab mats. Let's do a light to moderate power snatch and, you know, popping off every single day. That's it. That's all we're doing. That's not it. We're not just programming all the super, super complex stuff that the coaches go out there and they think is super sexy and they want to coach. We're and that not, these vocal athletes request. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. And then, you know, we're not just programming stuff that, like you just said, the athletes uh, always are hitting you up about, right? We're giving them uh, every once in a while that kind of spoonful of sugar with their medicine to make sure that they're doing stuff that they might not think of on their own, right? We're trying to balance all those interests in the equation. And we're trying to put out a program that is the most well-rounded version of general physical preparedness while giving the athletes exposure, proper exposure to complexity, loading, time variations, also giving them down here the more simple stuff and everything in between, but not getting out here on a, a ledge on either direction and saying that, hey, like, listen, this has to be the most complex, craziest stuff that you've ever seen. And you're going to do stuff that nobody in really wants to do when they go into the gym, right? Like, yeah. And, and so, that's a great way to kind of bring it to like this concept is that if your gym and you're a gym owner, this is a very gym owner specific conversation today, by the way, but if you're a gym owner and your gym is at a hundred, 150 members, maybe you have attained the people that were interested in what you were providing. But if you haven't seen growth, if your retention rate isn't right, if there's something that's just not like, if your member base has been the same for a couple of years, you have an obligation to evaluate several factors, including how you onboard people, including the cleanliness and the expo, you know, your gym, but also the program that you're actually delivering. Maybe what you're serving isn't necessarily what people are looking for. And you should just be more open-minded. I think is the whole topic of this conversation that it's yeah. okay to do an up down. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay to try new things. And frankly, after you've been doing CrossFit for a long time, it's exciting to try new things. Like I send MDV movements all the time. Like, you know, I do, I do a lot of jujitsu. So I tried to send him a, combat stand up the other day he's like nah bro that's that's out too far <laughs> too far but i i sent him a sit through and he liked it and so we started incorporating into a warm-up and you know we'll incorporate in the future but i but i think that you know i was even doing a thruster into a push press which he thought was a little wonky <laughs> but just switching it up a little bit and i think that it keeps it fun and exciting for at least for me personally and it's our job to be testing these things right as custodians as 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 the creators of a program that not only look, whether you're reaching a hundred people or 10,000 people, it's irrelevant. You have an obligation to be testing, evaluating, thinking about, 
is this going to be fun for our members? Is it going to give them a great workout? And what can we be teaching them through this process? Yeah. I, 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 Jason, like, dude, just because like movements don't show up on CrossFit.com or they don't show up at the CrossFit game does not mean they're any less meaningful or valuable or they don't have a tremendous benefit to them, right? Like, look at Marcus Philly, dude. Marcus Philly was here how many months ago? Six months ago talking to our coaching staff. Maybe... Two years ago, if you had talking to talk to anybody in the space, they would be like, "Dude, that that's crazy yeah. that you're going to go out there and you're going to lift tempo and you're going to do unilateral work and you're going to do kettlebell complexes and you're going to do all this isolation exercise." Dude is killing it, it right now. It turns out people like it. Yeah, it turns out people like it, and you can take some of that stuff, borrow some of that stuff, like we do from Marcus, who's a good friend of ours, and we can implement into some of our stuff into our strength sessions, into our warm ups, into our workouts every now and again. And guess what? Like Jason just said, it adds variety to people that have been doing kettlebell swings for 15 years now. So like the the idea that you have to be so closed off about movement and even stimulus, I think is like you're going to eventually just narrow your audience so low that you, like you said, you're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to get new people in and you're probably going to end up turning some people off at some point who want to experiment with some new stuff. Yeah. I think if you're a gym owner out there and your goal has been to change lives, right? That's, if that's what you want to do, that's why you open the business. You open the business because you wanted a place to work out and you want to change lives. Well, you know, if you've plateaued on the lives you're changing, Take a deep evaluation and start asking yourself, am I placing my own personal perspectives on our gym or am I being, you know, or am I being kind of closed minded, right? And be open minded and see what happens. The worst things, worst case scenario, if you're out there and you program for your own gym, which hopefully you use the collective, but if you don't and you're programming for your own gym and you throw in an up down, worst case scenario, members are like, this is whack. And you're like, look, I just wanted to go ahead and test something new. It's my job to throw in different movements and see how they work and evaluate. And they're going to appreciate the fact that you're trying to move the ball forward. For sure. And evolve. They're, they're not going to get mad at it. No. That's the worst case scenario, right? But also as a trainer and as an owner, it's your opportunity to educate your members at this point. Oh, and man. how many of your members, when you're setting to do burpees, can't do 15 burpees in a minute because their cycle time's too darn slow? This is why the up-down can be a really valuable movement. It's going to help you practice and help you increase your cycle time similar to how you would maybe if you wanted to do Fran and you couldn't do the thruster at 95 pounds, you're going to take a couple of workouts and you're going to do some 75-pound stuff. It doesn't mean that every time you see a thruster, you're going to break it down or, or change it into constituent parts, but all these different movements have value. And to be able to experiment and to be able to bring different movements in and mix them up, I think that's really beautiful. I think it's it's too close-minded to say that we can only do thrusters, burpees, and pull-ups and kettlebell swings. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, guys, look, if, you, if you're a gym owner, this was very specific to you. I hope that, um, you know, we've been rattling on about just being open-minded. And if you guys haven't checked out what we're doing at the NC Fit Collective, we are, I think we're doing some really cool stuff. Shoot us an email to collective at nc.fit. We'll go ahead and get you set up on a trial. And, um, you know, I, I just hope that if you're out there and you're a gym owner and you feel like you're isolated, this is a, this is a business focus, you know, message us if you have questions, right? Non, non-programming related, right? If you, we've talked to way too many gym owners who feel like they're just on an island. You're not on an island. You got us sitting here. So shoot us a message. You can send it also into collective at nc.fit. Even if you have no interest in the program, that's fine. 
We're not just here to sell programming. We're here to try and rise the tides. Send us messages. Let us know how we can support you, whether it's retention rates, this and that, whatever. We are two dudes who are in the trenches every day who are really just trying to share information. So MDV, I think the bottom line is everybody listening to this should go do 20 up downs for time. <laughs> and uh, if you guys could leave us a review on, uh, on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Go check out The Collective. MDV, anything from you? Let's get after it. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thank you.